We're here today with Jeff Chan from Magnanimous. He's going to be talking to us about closing the gap between profitability and people. Jeff, are you ready for your 15 minutes of fame? Yes. The 15 Minutes of Fame podcast, your destination to learn from people that are passionate about their business and have amazing stories to tell. Are you ready to elevate your expectations of what you thought was possible? It's time to get inspired. So Jeff, tell us about your business, Magnanimous. Yeah, so Magnanimous is really about helping organizations uh, propel what I call their, their organizational prosperity. Uh, by bringing your humanity to work. And so to me, prosperity in an organization means a financially flourishing organization that's created a great culture of uh, competence and of care, um, thus leading to a more engaged and, and happy workforce. You talk about bringing humanity to work. What do you mean by that? There's something sort of odd that happens when people walk through the office doors. And that's that there's this belief that I can't really be too personal. I can't really be seen to care too much. Um, I have to focus on, on work and that there's this real separation. And we hear it all the time, right? It's, it's not personal, it's just business or uh, work life and home life. And, and the reality is, for I think for all of us, is those things are all blended, right? And, and as human beings, uh, we're not, we're not uh, robots and algorithms. We are in relationship with each other. And so I think we have a genuine desire to, to connect uh, to people. And I'm encouraging people to do that, that there's a very, a very well, actually the uniqueness of being human is our ability to um, you know, think creatively and logically and to have these sort of deeper uh, relationships and connections with people. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, there's a way to do it, but there's nothing wrong with genuinely caring about those people that we work with. And in fact, when we do that, we get um, better results. So for businesses that are looking to change, to bring some humanity to the relationships and to the workplace, how do you go about changing that? Yeah, so the first thing I'd say about that is um, it's not a sprint, you know, and I think there's a real fatigue in the workplace anyway around training, uh, the, the next latest thing, and I do training, um, but it doesn't last, right? And, and ch changing your culture is not a sprint. It's not a 100-meter dash. It's more like a long jog. And so how do you change it? You first have to create the intention that that's what you want to do. So organizations and businesses generally are pretty good about saying, yeah, we need we need strong marketing plan. We need a good strategy. Uh, we need to invest in our operations and efficiencies. And yeah, you do. You need to do all those things. And then there's almost this side like, yeah, we ought to get some values and we ought to try to improve things at work a little bit. But there's not that same commitment or intention. And of course, um, if you don't make that same commitment, say this is just as valuable. It's different, but valuable. Um, then it's not going to happen. So it's first by creating that intention of the type of workplace um, that we want to create. And I think then it's looking at, um, you know, the parts of your business that really deal with that, like performance management, for example, or how we hire people, how we discipline it, what we don't, uh, don't do, or, and, and to recognize that how we incentivize people is what motivates them. So if we have a value in our workplace that says we value respect, and I ask a leader, I say, okay, so what happens in your organization if somebody doesn't respect somebody? And their answer inevitably is nothing. And so then it doesn't mean anything. But if they stole from the company or they're late for work, they'll have that conversation. So it depends with really cl uh, clearly stating what you want to create and then aligning your business to that. Um, and, it, and then beneath all of that, it starts with just shifting uh, your perspective um, to look at people not just as functions or roles, 
but as human beings coming to work like you or I, right, who want to do a good job, who probably have people at home they're worried about and care about, who have frustrating days and good days like you or I, and to not put them above me or below me, but just to say this is part of being human, and I have a choice today, which is do I make it worse for you or am I going to help make it better? And I imagine, too, one of the first steps would be to have the leaders change themselves. Because I've worked at organizations where the leaders were saying, you know, have fun, you need to change, but then they weren't actually doing it themselves. Right. So there's two, uh, two great uh, questions in yours, I think. One is, yeah, sure, it's, it kind of starts at the top and, and leaders need to, to start and, and do it first. In fact, I encourage leaders, as you're trying to change yourself, don't even tell anybody you're doing that. Because as soon as I let people know that, hey, I went on this great course and I'm really trying to be more caring or better, and th now you've primed everyone to look for how you're not doing it. Okay. Right. But the second piece to that is I'll have employees all the time who say, well, look, you know, my boss, uh, Adam or Eric or whoever, they're not doing it. And I'll say, so what does that have to do with you not doing it? Right. Who said that you're not allowed to help others? Who said that you're not allowed to hold yourself accountable? Who said that you can't care for your coworkers? Nobody, right? So, so the, sometimes we'll use the, the, uh, the lack of what a leader's doing as a justification for me not engaging or doing, doing something differently. And we all have that sort of agency and ability, right? Why do organizations resist you know, bringing humanity to work and having that culture that they want? Yeah, so, so good question. I, I think that, generally speaking, in the workforce, we've set up a hierarchy. And the hierarchy is... Um, business metrics, profitability, financial statements first, and people, what we sometimes call soft issues or the soft side of the business, which we all know is the hard side of the business, but the soft side of the business is second. And we'll pl we pay lip service to that. We'll hear uh, people are our greatest assets and I really believe in people and I always hire people smarter than myself, right? Which I rarely see, by the way. And, <laughs> and, and so we play, pay, but there's this underlying, it's almost like it's, it's the politically correct thing to do is to say that, you know, people are my asset, but really when push comes to shove, especially if there's pressure on the business, I run to the spreadsheets. And so we've created this belief that it's an either or. That either you're focused on the finance and productivity or you're focused on sort of culture and people, um, the, which are sometimes seen as these lesser things. And I'm trying to change the conversation to say, look, it's, they're not in competition with each other. Um, they, it's an and conversation. You need both. right? So profit fuels your business. Absolutely. And you need to make smart strategic decisions that way. But it's people that drive it. And so we need to stop separating these two things or you know, paying less attention to them. Look, just look at any typical company um, management meeting agenda. The amount of time devoted to making the workplace better, engaging our people, uh, how do we really develop and grow our people, who in the company is excelling, who, who needs some help, very, very minimal time, right? It's all operational finance, and if that gets on the agenda and we're running late, it gets taken off. So Jeff, do you think time is on your side? I mean, do you think that, you know, in 50 years, we're going to see a lot of change um, with more caring and corporate culture? Yeah, there's been, there's been changes. Um, you know, that 1950s management style is not, although it still exists, uh, it's not well accepted. I think there's a lot of confusion as well um, around what it means to care at work. And so there's a bit of a pendulum swing where um, cur some current leadership styles are you know, everything's conciliatory and collaborative and, you know, 
to me, leaders still have to cast a vision and make a decision. And so it's, there's a confusion that if I care about you, that means I let you get away with anything. It means it's a free for all and you know, we're singing Kumbaya and Disney birds are flying above our head and all, everything's great. That's not what caring means. Sometimes the most caring thing I can do is sit down and say, look, Adam, you know, um, you're just not being successful here. Now I want to help you get there and I'm going to have an honest conversation and, and genuinely help him. But at the end of the day, he may or may not still be in my company, but I do it from a place of care and concern, not of vengeance or malice or, or uh, lack of tolerance. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that, you know, currently we're still in this age um, of everything is driven by metrics. You know, what's the return on it? Why should I hire that speaker? What's my ROI? And I would say in the history of business, that's a blip. This, this sort of laser focus on metrics. And we see it, or I see it in business schools and business training, very heavily focused on calculus, finance, and metrics, uh, which is important, but it's only one dimension or one aspect of business. And, and quite honestly, I, in any CEO or senior leader I've ever coached, not once has one said, you know what, Jeff? I've just been up all night trying to figure out this spreadsheet. Like it's just, no, right? Their issues are always people oriented. Um, some dimension or nature of a relationship with another human being um, because that's where they're struggling and where they're challenged and, and lots of ways told that they can't care. Um, and, and so I'm optimistic, right? I think that um, we're seeing more uh, blend of not only profitability, but purpose and profit and, and um, a push towards creating something more meaningful in the workplace and in the world. Um, and, and I firmly believe you can have both. So if there's listeners out there, Jeff, that you know, work at a place where you know, they love working there and they love their job, they love their customers, but they feel like the culture is a bit toxic, uh, what can they do to make, to make their, their work life better? Let me first say that I get that there's some tough bosses and there's some tough workplaces. And at the end of the day, some of those places, as hard as it is, we have to make choices about whether we can really be there or not. So, so let me just say that because there's no magic pill, right? Mm -hmm. But we're also in a constellation of relationships. So I would start with what are the relationships that, that I can impact? It might be just the person in the cubicle next to me, right? But let's just start there. And, and it's also a recognition, too, of how I'm seeing others. So even with the jerk boss, um, when I get into that kind of place of going, ah, oh, he's such a jerk, or and he's always hard, or he's always whatever, um, now I'm looking for it. Like, I actually want him to be that way, so I'm justified in blaming him for being that way. And so if I want to see somebody as a jerk, I will. If I want to see somebody as lazy, I will. Um, and so I would encourage people to kind of see what must their world be like, even with all their jerky craziness. And when we sit back, sometimes it's unrealistic pressure on them. Sometimes, you know, maybe there's something in their personal life that's, that we don't know about or we do know about. And we're not giving them uh, a bit of a gentle break on that. But at the end of the day, it just, it just comes down to how I see them. There's a way to see people we work with and in our life as people, even when they're sort of miserable. It's just there's a person in pain versus there's a, an enemy that's out to get me. Yeah, so put yourself in their shoes and look at them through a lens of humanity. So Jeff, I'm in the business of booking speakers and you're a speaker. So, you know, is there somebody out there besides yourself, of course, that, uh, you know, that you think is a great speaker that maybe has inspired you along the way? Um, Bob Chapman, I mentioned him earlier. I would go see him in a second because Bob is a guy that 
um, as he sort of took over the business from his dad, multi-billion dollar business, was a guy very focused on the spreadsheets, got into huge financial um, challenges, almost lost the company, etc. And he found the way out was through uh, creating a culture of care with his people. Um, and so I, I really enjoy speakers that talk about the human condition. I'm, I'm really enjoying Dory Clark right now as, as well. Um, and, and you know what, uh, Erica, the speakers that I'm attracted to are the ones that I really feel um, care about people. Mm -hmm. So beneath even whatever their message is, that there's this authenticity to, to who they are. Before we finish up here, is there anything you know, that you're up to that you want to share with us? Yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot going on right now. We have um, uh, my new website launch in the next couple of weeks. So that's magnanimous.ca. Uh, we're in a couple of video projects right now and, um, and of course, article writing and that sort of thing. Um, I'm actively working right now um, uh, to get uh, a few more keynotes in, in play and uh, podcasts like this one, of course. But probably the thing that I'm really jazzed about is uh, an organization called Starfish Canada. We started uh, to support the work of um, an international not-for-profit in West Africa, in the Gambia, and uh, an amazing woman there, Yasin Sar, um, will be here for International Day of the Woman. And so that week, uh, we'll be having a, a public talk at uh, the Nova Scotia Art Gallery, and she's going to be talking about um, what an African girls program, they focus on gender and economic inequality, but what an African girls program can teach Nova Scotians about investing in our girls here. So I love this play on what I call interdevelopment, um, which is there's a lot we can learn from other people. It's not sort of us going there. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's an exciting uh, project that's only uh, a month away. Sounds very cool. So Jeff, this is the end. This is, this is one shot. Why, why, should, why should people hire you as a speaker? You know what? If you're, if you're a little frustrated or tired with the same old thing and it not working, having this sort of frustration and what I call a survival mindset, and you want to change that, um, you know, I think our magnanimous model shows how if we shift perspective, um, great things happen. I'll often say our performance problem is not usually our people, it's our perspective.